up next on Walking by Faith. God is at work in you. He's putting desires inside of your heart. And it, it, it might be to share the gospel, but it might be in your business, in your family, with your kids. God is putting desires on the inside of us, all right? And we don't die when our hearts stop beating. We die when our hearts stop skipping a beat in pursuit of the passion, the thing that God has put in our hearts. Hello, I want to welcome you to Walking by Faith. Thank you for being with us today. I want to talk to you about living the abundant life that Jesus has for you. He said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And we really need to break out of that barely get by mentality. You know, the mentality where we're a victim, where we're defeated, where we've got negative thoughts that are holding us captive. Because if we can see what God sees, if we can grab from his word the picture that he has for us, the future that he has for us, that is going to be our future. When we can see God's will and believe God's will for our life, there's going to be a breakthrough. And see, God will open doors that no one can shut. And God will see you through to the purpose that he has for your life. I want you to come with me right now as we join this message as it begins. Got a great message, and uh, I've entitled this Living the Abundant Life That Jesus Has for You to Live. John 10 10, Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. Now, what we have to do is break out of this barely get by mentality that most of us have as Christians. We really do. So many of us, we see ourselves as victims. We ourselves defeated. We have negative thoughts that are holding us captive. But that's not God's will for our life. In fact, even the children of Israel back in the, the Old Testament, it, God said, look, I want to bless you. He said, these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. The picture God is painting is that like you're going out doing your business, your stuff, and, and blessings are coming after you. You try to get away. You can't even get away. Because they're going to overtake you. He says you'll be blessed in the city and in the country. And blessed will be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds and your cattle. And he says you'll be blessed in your basket and store. That means in your, in your savings. All right. He said he's going to command blessings on your storehouses and blessings on all that you set your hand to do. All right. That's the way God wants us to think. He wants us to see ourselves as blessed, delivered. He wants to see ourselves as a success, that we, we have an abundant supply, a full supply, more than enough, that we've got joy, we've got peace, we've got purpose, we've got direction. Now, in, in way back in the book of Genesis, God has talked to Abraham and has made a covenant with Abraham, and there's a famine in the land. So Abraham takes his wife, Sarah, right, and, and they go to Egypt. Now, apparently... This girl, Sarah, she's a babe. Right? I know how else to say this, all right? She's like a babe. Because hey, Abraham says to her, look, he said, you are so beautiful. He said, when the people see you, these guys, they're going to kill me so they can marry you. So this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to say you're my sister. And I'll say you're my sister. 
How many of you know that would not go over well at your house? Okay. But they get there. She says, I'm his sister. He says, yep, she's my sister. The king hears, hey, there is this lady. She is a knockout. He sends for her and brings her to his house and he is engaged to her. All right. And God comes that night in a dream and says to the king, Abimelech, he said, you're a dead man. He said, because you've just taken this man's wife. And in the dream, he says, God, I didn't know. They told me, sister. God said, I know. And I kept you from touching her. He said, but you restore that man, his wife, or you're dead. So he gets up in the morning and he gets Abraham. And, and he said, I had a dream. God spoke to me. And this is what he said. This is a quote. He said, and Abimelech, that's the king, he said to Abraham, he said, what did you see that you did this thing? What did you see? We would, today we would say, what were you thinking that you did this? Right? Because here's what, 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 what we, we know. What you think, what you see on the inside determines what you do. And in Abraham's mind, what he saw, what he thought was going to happen was they were going to kill him in order to be able to take his wife. That's what he saw on the inside. Right? But most of us on the inside, what we think, what we see about ourselves, about our future, our family, uh, uh, our business, uh, uh, about every aspect of our life, what we see is not what God says about our life. We see what culture tells us. We see what circumstances tell us. We see what the opposition tells us. We see what other people say about us, all right? And, and half of the time we're listening to the devil. I remember a while back a guy came up to me and said, the devil told me I'm gonna lose everything. I said, good. He said, what do you mean good? I said, the devil's a liar. Anything that he said, just put it in reverse. Switch it around, all right? But we're listening, we are listening to the wrong voices. We are believing the wrong things. But the Bible says our God's name is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Not just enough, but more than enough. And we have to get a picture from God's word on the inside of us about who God is, about what God wants us to have, about who he's made us to be. God says this, he says, the thoughts that I have towards you aren't for peace, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He wants you to see yourself blessed, favored, forgiven, empowered, victorious, stomping on the devil, speaking to mountains and they're removed, carrying the spirit of God every place that you go. Don't allow wrong thinking to keep you from the abundant life that God has for you. Isaiah 55, seek the Lord while he may be found, Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Your thoughts can get you in trouble. Your thoughts can keep you from what God has for you. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, God isn't saying you can't think his thoughts. He's just telling you, you're not going to get them from your neighbors, from culture, 
from people, from the devil, from opposition, the place you're going to get God's thoughts is in his word. Jesus said, if you can believe, believe what? What God has said. All things are possible to him who believes. God can open doors that no one can shut. And when it looks like everything has gone wrong, God is able to turn that situation around. When Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, it looked like the end, but God brought him through. When David was facing Goliath, it looked like the end, but God gave him victory. When Jonah was in the well, it surely looked like the end, but God got him out. When Samson was facing a thousand enemies at one time, it looked like the end, but God brought him through. When the three Hebrew children were thrown in the fiery furnace, it looked like the end, but God was there protecting them and seeing them through. When Jesus died on the cross, it looked like the end, but it was God's plan to bring about total victory and defeat the enemy. The Bible says there is no wisdom, understanding, or counsel against the Lord. You can't do it. No matter where we are, God has got a way through, right? We've got to get rid of that defeatist mentality that we've got, the barely get by thoughts and see ourselves victorious, blessed, above and not beneath. We need to see ourselves as the head and not the tail, right? The Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. What's in your heart is going to determine your life. Out of your heart flow the issues of life. Literally, and I may talk about this in, in some weeks to come, but Jesus said that the good man out of the abundance of his heart brings forth good things. The evil man out of the abundance of his heart brings forth evil things. See, most people believe that life is a lotto. Some, some, are, some are happy, some are not. Some are successful, some are not. Some are rich, some are poor. We just think it's just kind of like, who knows what's going to happen? But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, out of the goodness of your heart, you bring forth good. And out of the evil of your heart, you bring forth evil. And God, God was speaking through Jeremiah and he said, is not my word like fire? All right? He says, you get my word down on the inside of you and it will burn the crud, the wrong things that you're believing, those wrong thoughts, those wrong mentalities, it will burn it out. And then God said, his word, he said, it's like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. God is saying, my word, like a hammer, it will take those wrong thoughts, those wrong beliefs that you have. And if you'll put my word on the inside, it will crush that stuff. He said, he says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. The, 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 the proverb again says, keep your heart with all diligence because out of your heart throw the issues of life. You say, you put abundant life in, abundant life's going to come out. You put success in, success is going to come out. Victory in, victory out. Freedom in, freedom's going to come out. Your life can be an abundant life. But if you think life stinks and it always will, that's not what God said about you. But you can't think that your life is always going to stink and have a good life. You can't think I'm never going to be successful and be successful. Don't let old thinking hold you back. Believe 
What God says about you is true. God's word is a seed that'll grow. It will break you out of that rut. The Bible literally says in, in, in Hebrews 4, it says, but the word they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. In other words, God's word is supposed to profit. It's supposed to bless you. It's supposed to bring increase. It's supposed to bring change. It's supposed to bring victory, right? You're supposed to possess the promised land that God has for you. But it doesn't happen if we don't put the word on the inside of us. And that word will change the way that we think. And if you don't change the way that you're thinking, you don't change what you're doing. Now, what Jesus said was this. He said, let it be done to you according to your faith. Now, the Bible tells us again in Hebrews 4, 2, that the gospel they heard, it didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. We've got to let that word be planted in our heart, watered and grow, grow and bring forth fruit. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said to Mary, Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you are supernaturally going to have a child. This is what she said. She said, be it unto me according to your word. Now, I was thinking about it this week. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, I'm anointing you, you're going to go out, you're going to fight. And Gideon said, uh, excuse me, you have made a mistake. Because you got the wrong guy here. He says, I am from the Barney Fife tribe, and I am Barney Fife, and you just cannot, this will not work with me. Right? When, when, when God spoke to Moses out of that burning bush, Moses said, God, that is a great plan. You should, you, you should do that, and you should say, anybody except me. Dare to believe what God says about you is true. Philippians 2, 13, for God himself is at work in you inspiring you to want the things which please him and to work for them. God is at work in you. He's putting desires inside of your heart, right? And it, it, it might be to share the gospel, but it might be in your business, in your family, with your kids. God is putting desires on the inside of us, all right? And we don't die when our hearts stop beating. We die when our hearts stop skipping a beat in pursuit of the passion, the thing that God has put in our hearts. Now listen, here's the story. Here's, here's, here's the point. Your vision is your future. Your vision is your future. And the Bible says that God himself is at work in you. Now, just as sure as John 3 is for you, where Jesus said you must be born again, Philippians 2 is for you. God himself is at work in you, inspiring you to want what pleases him. God puts desires down inside our heart. And then it says, and to work for them. Now, that's just not about spiritual things. Right? That's about every area of your life. Right? And, and we, need, we need to recognize that when our heart stops beating because of that passion that, that, that we have for God, uh, we, we're, we're, we're just putting in time. Right? But we're not fulfilling our purpose or our destiny. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. 
So Jesus is on the cross. And God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So here's what we can say. Jesus is on the cross and God is working in Christ. But he's not working on Christ. Okay? He's working in him, but he's not working on him. He's working in him, but he's working on you. But what he's doing in Christ is not for Jesus. How many of you know Jesus didn't need any work? He was already perfect. He was already in perfect relationship with God. He didn't need work. But he was working in Christ on you. You say, well, what happened? A lot of things happened. But just a couple verses later, it says that he that knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. At the cross... God took your sin and put it on Jesus. And he took his righteousness and put it on you. He was working in Christ, but not on Christ. He was working on you. Galatians 3, 29 says, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. He was working in Christ, making every promise that God made to Abraham true for you. He was working in him, but on you. In Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about what God did as a result. He said, let us then fearlessly, confidently, and boldly, because God was working in Christ on you. Let us draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor for us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace, God's supernatural ability to help in time of need, appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when we need it. Now, whenever you make and begin to move towards God's plan and purpose for your life, there's always going to be opposition. When Nehemiah was there to build the walls of Jerusalem that had been knocked down for generations, the Bible says that the enemies were planning to attack. And so what Nehemiah said, he said, in one hand, keep your sword. And on the other hand, build, right? Well, what some people do, unfortunately, is some people totally ignore the fact that there is a devil. And by the way, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, right? So the next verse says, resist him, steadfast in the faith. James says, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And I, I want to ask this question. Because a lot of Christians fall right here. We act like the devil doesn't even exist. But the Bible says that he is your personal enemy. He goes about like a roaring lion. He's seeking to devour you and to resist him steadfast in the faith. James said, resist him and he'll flee. The last time he fled from you is the last time you resisted him. And unfortunately, most Christians believe the only activity that the devil has is sin. But the truth is, devil will come against you in every way possible to keep you from the abundant life that Jesus has for you. Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And the other, I've mentioned this before, but for every mile of highway, there's two miles of ditch, right? So one mile of ditch is, we act like there is no devil. The other mile of ditch is we act like everything is the devil and just focus on the devil. It's like a mailman who's supposed to be delivering mail, but instead of delivering mail, there's a dog on the street 
And so he gets a bat, he gets a squirt gun full of pneumonia, he gets a big net, and all he does is walk up and down the street looking for the dog. He's supposed to be delivering mail. Right? And as Christians, we're supposed to be building. All right? Do we have to deal with opposition? Absolutely. But we can't focus on that opposition. Right? How do we handle adversity? Both David and King Saul listened to the same giant. One heard the giant. The Bible says Saul was filled with fear. But David heard that giant and he said, your servant will go and I will fight that giant. How do we handle disappointment? What do we do? Do we back up or do we keep moving? The Bible says the righteous man may fall seven times, but rises again, All right? We aren't to consider ourselves victims that can do nothing because God is on our side. Now, let me, let me close with a little story from the book of Joshua. The 12 spies had, of course, gone out and come back, given the report. Ten spies said, we cannot go in. Two spies said, let us go up at once and take possession. One of those spies was Caleb. And years later, I'm going to read it maybe in just a moment. But this is what he said. He said, I brought back a report according to all that was in my heart. According to all that was in my heart. Twelve spies went through the land for 40 days. Every spy saw the same thing. But not every spy believed the same thing. With their physical eyes, they saw. All right? But really, the truth is, you see through your eyes, but you see with your heart. Because ten of them said, we're, we're going to get killed if we try to go in. Two of them said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome. Now, what determined what they saw was what was in their heart. And I don't know what giant, what opposition, what mountain you're facing today. But I'm telling you right now, there are some people who would look at that mountain and because of what's in their heart, say, you're done, it's over. But there's other people, because of what's in their heart, would rise up and say, let us go up at once and take possession because we are well able because God is with us. Life does not happen to you. Jesus said, you bring forth. You bring forth based on what's in your heart. So 45 years have passed. That group who said they can't go in, they all died in the desert. And now for five years, they've been taking the land. And the Bible says that they're casting lots. They're tapping the dice out and they're figuring out who's going to get which piece of property. And as they're casting lots, the Bible says an old man shows up. I can picture him in my mind. He just starts to walk through the crowd. Gray hair, big old beard looking tough his name is Caleb and he said to Joshua he said you know the word which the Lord said to Moses the man of God concerning me and Kadesh Barnea I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as was in my heart nevertheless 
My brethren who went up made with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore to me on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses concerning Israel, wandering in the desert, and now here I am today, 85 years old. As yet I'm as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. Now, that was the mountain in Hebron where the cities were and the giants were. And he said, give me that city. Now, everybody else was letting them throw the dice, cast lots, just see what was going to happen. But Caleb, the Bible said he had a different spirit. It was the spirit of faith. And he said, I'm not taking what the dice say. I'm taking what God said. God said, I could have that mountain. So I'm telling you today, give me the mountain the Lord said I could have. And I will go up and I'll attack and I will dispossess the enemies. And that is exactly what he did. We can sit back and see what culture sends your way, see what circumstances send your way. Or you can be like Caleb and you and I, we can say, I'm going to have what God says I'm going to have. And I'm going to take possession. I'm going to go up. I'm going to fight. I'm going to believe. I'm going to confess and I'm going to fulfill God's purpose, God's plan, and I'm going to live the abundant life that Jesus said he has for me. You know, we've been talking about how Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. The first part of the statement that Jesus said was this. He says, the thief, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you may have life. You know, the devil would like nothing better than to kill, steal, and destroy your life, your family, your finances, and your eternity. But he wants you to have life, an abundant life now and for all of eternity. And if you're away from God today, not right with God, don't know where you stand with God. And you say, I want to know I'm right with God. I'm forgiven. I'm his child. I want you to bow your head. Pray this prayer with me, would you please? Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I am forgiven, that I'm your child, a part of your family now and forever in Jesus name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that simple prayer, God heard that prayer. If you prayed from your heart. And I want to help you keep on growing spiritually. I wrote a book. want to give it to you free of charge. You can download it. All the information is right there on your screen. And this book is not a hard book to read. It's just full of bullet points to help you keep on growing spiritually. And I want to thank you for being with us today. If the program is blessing you every day, if we're feeding you spiritually, would you partner with us? Send a financial gift to help as we're taking the gospel around the world. Thank you, and God bless you. At Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. Call now to share your prayer request so we can begin standing with you in prayer.
Thank you for watching Walking by Faith. Walking by Faith is made possible in part by the generous gifts of our viewers. If you would like to contribute to reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this program, please contact us at Walking by Faith, 5120 Ivan Rest Avenue Southwest, Granville, Michigan, 49418.